Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, September 26, 2011. This is episode number 96 of Purple Mafia. Thanks again, Dylan Richardson, for mentioning me on the introduction, as I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey. So, great to have you with me once again today here on Purple Mafia. Uh, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Again, thank you each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to the show. And for those of you out there that are still fans of this team, God bless you. Appreciate it all so very much. I don't blame any of you for being just a little bit frustrated and maybe even just a little bit vulgar in the Facebook group and the Twitter account and in the message boards on thesportstuff.com. Other places all over. It's just been it. It's been a, uh, well, it's been a pretty profanity-laden season so far for the Minnesota Vikings, particularly in the second half. Uh, The second half has been an absolute disaster for this team this season. In fact, it is to a historic level now. This has not happened ever. No team has ever blown double-digit leads three weeks in a row, particularly to open up the season with an 0-3 record. Um, This is just... uh, getting to be utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I just, uh, (laughs) again, I'm as numb as ever, just like I was talking about last week in episode number 95, the Vikings blowing a 17-point lead against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was their second consecutive week of blowing a 10-plus double-digit point lead. They blew a uh, 10-point lead against the Chargers after after the half in week one, and of course a 20, that's right, 20-point lead evaporates against the Detroit Lions yesterday. Oh, yeah, and it was a home game. Oh, for the love of God. Just utter uh, utter devastation for Viking fans. Uh, how much value do you put into quarterback Donovan McNabb? Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I put absolutely no value into quarterback Donovan McNabb. So, of course, we're going to review the Detroit Lions game. The Detroit Lions game. We're going to preview the Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, We'll see if it's a little bit more brief this week than in previous weeks. Just a teeny tiny bit, just because (laughs) I don't want to pile on as much as I, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there's been enough piling on across the town, and I do enough piling on on this show, and I'm going to do some, oh, of course I'm going to do some, (laughs) because that's the name of the game. The team does well, you praise them, the team does horribly you pile on just a little bit sometimes. That's the name of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, i got to mention, and i got to stop saying um as well, that's not exactly the best radio quality, but 
your Purple Mafia host, Paladino Joey, Joey Wijen, was on a roundtable show with the Chiefs Zone. That's right, Farzine Vesugian, host of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, podcast called The Chiefs Zone, kind enough to have me on board, along with executive producer Dylan Richardson of thesportstuff.com and Spencer Ellerbush, Brush, excuse me about that, Spencer, I know, I hope you're listening. Uh, yeah, all four of us together on the Chiefs Zone discussing the Vikings game next week, also discussing the game today, uh, excuse me, yesterday with the Chiefs and Detroit Lions. Very entertaining show. Do check it out. It's not on the sportstuff.com or iTunes just yet, but at least as of the time I'm recording this, hopefully by the time this is released, I'm sure that show will be up as well. So, well, yeah, so I might as well say go check it out. <laughs> the Chiefs Zone uh, Roundtable, the four of us. You'll hear me as a guest on a show. Very cool. Very entertaining, fun little show. Um, okay, not so much like funny, just entertaining in terms of the commentary and very... Uh, to the point, we'll say it's very much to the point. Assuming I need to get more to on this show, a little bit more to the point. <laughs> Farzine does a fantastic job of that, and he makes sure his guests do that as well. That's right. All right, so to the point. Minnesota loses to the Detroit Lions 26-23. to They score three points in the second half. They score 20 in the first half. That's right, three points in the second half for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, and if you do the math, well, the Vikings, uh, when I say the Vikings led by 20 points um, at the half, well, that means the Detroit Lions had not scored a single point yet. So, of course, you didn't do the math, 26 points. All 26 of Detroit's points were scored. Detroit's points were scored in the second half. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the number of the year of 2011 thus far? It's got to be the most damning number of them all. The Minnesota Vikings, second half score versus their opponents in 2011. Well, the opponents lead a resounding 67 to 6. Oh my god! Now, if the word unacceptable is used, that's too nice. If the word atrocious is used, that's too nice. If the year if the word historic absolute total BS is used, well, that's getting closer. You're, you're getting warm. You're getting you're getting warm on it. <laughs> and of course, you no. Know, you want to say this? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Common sense tells you you can't fire a coach after three games. You can't fire your offensive coordinator after three games. You can bench a quarterback after three games. In fact, Brad Childress wisely benched Charvaris Jackson after two games in the 2008 season because, quite frankly. Brad Childress, yeah, after two freaking years, no, three freaking years, no, two two freaking years of, of Tavares Jackson, he'd seen enough at the time. He'd seen enough of Tavares Jackson. It was time to move on. And, yeah, we had a KG veteran by the name of Gus Farad. Vikings do not have a KG veteran to back up McNabb because, because well, gosh darn it, McNabb's supposed to be the KG veteran. McNabb's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to, well, maybe... Uh, kind of bring things up and take this team to the potential postseason. Maybe it's some type of uh, playoff race. I'm not going to say that in a playoff run. I I don't know about. It. I didn't really expect that to happen for the Vikings in the season. Anyway, but a potential playoff uh, chase. Yeah, sure. Well, there ain't going to be no playoff chase for this football team from the from the looks of things. Historically, 0-3 teams don't usually fare very well. In fact. Only three 0-3 teams have made the postseason since 1990. That is a long time ago, folks. 
this isn't exactly 1994. This is 19, excuse me, this is not 19 at all. Yeah, <laughs> 1999, ladies and gentlemen, was 12 years ago. That's the end of the 90s, so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a, just a little while. Yeah, in fact, it's 21 years. It's way too long. Uh, so the Vikings, by all uh, stretch of imagination, will uh, not make the playoffs this season. It's a pretty safe assumption. If they make the playoffs, spectacular. But do you really think the current quarterback is going to take them there? I don't think so. Is Donovan McNabb the main reason the Minnesota Vikings absolutely stink in the second half? No, he's not the main reason, but oh, okay, maybe he is. Uh, but it's like you can't pin it all on one guy. You sure the heck can. The defense gets tired, but hey, they still give up bad, big, big plays. The offensive line, including the freaking, and I mean freaking Charlie Johnson, absolutely sucks. Can I just say this straight out? Charlie Johnson absolutely sucks. Okay, fine. He's and Brian McKinney was the most was one of the most frustrating players in the history of this franchise, if not the most frustrating. Okay, Demetrius Underwood is the most frustrating, even though he was here for a couple of seconds and never really suited up as a member of this team. Because you know the guy was a complete maniac. Um, but Charlie Johnson is terrible. I have no idea. I have no idea how he started on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I I don't know. I really don't know how he won a starting job. He must have been just kind of the, the Ryan Cook or something of that of that offensive line. Granted, you don't usually put the Ryan Cooks at left tackle. You know, I honestly have no idea what the deal is with this. He's terrible. He's just he gets beat way too much. He had a very lame and I, and I mean just a really lame uh, false start call. That was obviously an easy call for the refs. Most of the calls went the Lions' way yesterday throughout the game. Certainly not a homeristic approach. If you think I sound like a homer, you need to uh, you need to listen a little more closely. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Um, this is just... The frustration level right now is just... Oh my goodness, it is at uber, uber high. How could you not be frustrated with this team? How could you not be frustrated with this team right now? You, you're just not even... You're like, you don't watch football if you're not frustrated at this point. You, you probably didn't watch the game. You're just at home... Uh, doing something else or hanging out with somebody else. That's about it. Boy, I got a lot of uh, mentions yesterday from those of you on the Twitter account. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow those respective accounts. Would appreciate it also very much. So basically, yeah, you just add Purple Mafia Show, a slash Purple Mafia Show to either account, and there you go. Simply click like and or follow, and I would uh, be extremely happy to uh, interact with you. Since nobody's calling in anymore, which is a little frustrating, and no, it's no, no shot at anybody. I got, My tone there was a little bit inappropriate. So, no, I appreciate those of you that have called in several times. Anthony from L.A., Brent Jacobson, those of you out there are just awesome, fantastic. I appreciate every call you guys made to this show. Um, so somebody out there, hey, there's lots of you out there that have never called in. We need you. We need you on this show. We need your energy. We need some. Uh, we need some new blood. We need some new blood. I like some new voices. Uh, and Brent Jacobson, where are you, man? Haven't heard a call from you in forever. Uh, hey, Anthony from LA, would love always love to hear what you have to say. You're as good as it gets. Miss you. I do. I mean, I know you guys are out there, Spencer. Hey, Spencer, your takes were fantastic on the Chief Stone yes last night. 
Let's get some of those takes on Purple Mafia. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to say this really quick. Purple Mafia will have their first guests on this show next week. All indications are that <laughs> there will be the same roundtable group on Purple Mafia next week. That's right. Dylan Richardson, Farzine Vesugian, and Spencer will be members of Purple Mafia next week. Ladies and gentlemen, 97 episodes in, there will finally be a guest on Triple Mafia. And that's not because there's anything cheap about this show or cheap budget or just whatever. Hey, I enjoy being solo in one way. Partially it's because, hey, the show needs to get done and uh, sometimes I just screw up. My busy schedule gets in the way and I don't don't have time to quote-unquote book a guest and kind of have a specific time to record the show. I tend to just go when I can, you know, get on the show, get on behind the mic when I can, like tonight. I'm behind the mic when I can. I'm not, this isn't scheduled, it's just, you know, I'm here because I because I can be, thank God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you get the idea, there you go. So, I didn't even mention the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail, do treat it as such. Please call into Purple Mafia, and, uh, be great to hear you, hear your voice on the show. It'd be tubular. It'd be tubular. Yeah, welcome back to the 80s, right? Well, Dan Taylor, kind enough to mention me, Purple Mafia Show, on Twitter. His comment is, even if we get up 99-0 in the first half, I'm not relaxing until the game ends. You know, that is 110% how I felt when that score was 20 to nothing. Do you think for one second I was comfortable with that 20 to nothing lead? Oh, do you think I felt comfortable with that? No, I didn't. Because it's just so predictable. It was so predictable that at minimum, bare minimum, the Detroit Lions would get within a possession at some point in the game. You could feel it at bare minimum. If the Vikings go, okay, oh, at least they pulled it out in the end. They squeaked it out. They won 23-20. to Yeah! Well, no, they didn't. But um, <laughs> lots of bad penalties. Timely, stupid penalties. Oh, Kenny Ayala. I mean, every week there's a dumb penalty that buries this team. And that does come to coaching. Because these players shouldn't be making timely, stupid penalties. It happens in football. But um, not as frequently to good football teams. Bad football teams make dumb penalties at bad times. And coaches get fired. Anyhow... Culture Vulture. Very interesting. Culture Vulture. I don't suppose. I don't suppose. Culture Vulture. Can't be. Hmm. I wonder if it's Jeff Dubay. I, I doubt it. <laughs> but if it is, that'd be really, 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 really cool. Hmm. Anyhow. Ah, I'm, in, I'm in sports talk. Cool. Okay, I see who it is now. Good. Yep, I remember you very well. He says, do you feel that was a very generous spot on the, his scramble? Yeah, Donovan McNabb's scramble. Um, he looked about a yard short uh, <laughs> on a play. And I forget exactly when it was. I think it was during the second quarter, if I remember correctly. And um, he ended up getting the first down. They placed the ball about a foot, about a yard forward. It was kind of funny, but we'll take it. That was one of the few times the refs seemed to kind of sort of be on our side yesterday. And I'm not somebody that complains about the refs very much. Uh, though it, it wasn't necessarily bad officiating, but it seemed a little bit one-sided. That's just me. Uh, the culture vulture, or T-culture vulture, says, 
He's surprised the Lions didn't take a look at a certain uh, play. Yes, yes, the same, that same play. He's surprised that the Lions didn't make anything, but uh, he's saying the Dome crew must be doing, or should I say, not doing their job. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, yeah, kind of like mm -hmm, showing something there. Dylan Richardson says so it's almost time to see if the Vikings can play play the second half for the first time of the season. <laughs> and unfortunately, guess what? Unfortunately, guess what? No, they couldn't. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings did not show up to play in the second half in any stretch of the imagination. And um, Dylan enjoyed that very much, I'm sure, being a Bears fan, as they were able to stay in third place and not have to tie with us back in the cellar. Boy, does it suck being in the cellar two years in a row. We're in the cellar, folks. And it's not looking good that we're going to be getting out of it anytime soon. It's really not looking good, is it? Uh-uh, it's not. Uh, the culture vulture says it's ten times worse on the offensive side. The inability to move slash keep the ball is killing the defense. And yes, because the defense not as good in the second half as it was in the first half. But you know, there's a reason for that. It's because the offense can't move the ball at all. They cannot move the chains. The time of possession is virtually <laughs> invisible for the Vikings in the second half of football games. Thus, well, you know, the defense is getting a little bit worn out, and then players get beat. Chris Cook, though, I mean, Chris Cook in this football game is finally starting to show really what he what he can do. He not, he knocked down three passes in this game. Um, even knocked one away from Kelvin Johnson at one point. Chris Cook is played like a beast. He got beat on one play in the game. I forget if it was Johnson. I think it was. Yes, it was Kelvin Johnson did beat him at one point in the game. But to think that Chris Cook was actually on Megatron, people like to call him that, people were actually on him, or excuse me, Chris Cook is actually on him. They trusted Cook enough to put him on uh, Kelvin. Hey, Great, great job by Chris Cook. He was fantastic in this football game. Kelvin Johnson is just so darn fantastic. He's going to beat you sometimes. And uh, late in the game, he made a big play. And that's, well, that's what happens. It's going to happen. Kelvin Johnson's statistics were actually phenomenal overall in the football game. Seven receptions, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. The guy is ridiculous, but Chris Cook did knock down some plays. You don't really see that much from the Vikings. Uh, Receiving-wise, it was the most attractive game for Michael Jenkins. Nine receptions, 88 yards. But he's more of a possession receiver, a bit a large possession receiver. Harvin at three catches, 47. Rudolph showing a little more of what he can do. Made a very nice catch. Had to change direction to make the catch because Donovan McNabb's accuracy stinks. And it stinks big time. He's overthrowing people. He's underthrowing people. It's just he can't seem to get the distance right. And that's a problem when you got guys streaking down the, beating their man and streaking down the field, and, well, you can't complete a pass. You can't, you just can't make the play. Uh, there's no telling, I mean, because, well, the, it happened twice yesterday. Well, Bernard, Bernard Berry beat his man, and, and Donovan overthrew him. True. True Donovan McNabb overthrew him. And uh, it's... It's more McNabb's fault than Barian's fault there. Barian did his job in terms of beating his man. But would Barian have caught the ball, even if it was an accurate pass, and actually like the, a correct pass, not underthrown where Barian would have to change directions? Uh, if Barian had to change directions to kind of catch it, it would never happen. We all know that uh, because he cannot catch a ball. I mean, you literally have to throw the ball a perfect bullseye for Barian to catch it. 
But even if McNabb threw a perfect bullseye, would Berrien catch it? I can't answer that. I can't. I have no faith in Bernard Berrien. And, um, well, give me a reason why I should. Somebody out there, give me a reason why I should. I have no reason to have faith in Bernard Berrien. I think he's a flat, worthless player, you know, quite frankly. Uh, Dan Taylor says, this is awful. Surely it can't happen three weeks in a row. Oh, yes, it can. <laughs> and, of course, Dan Taylor knew that. But it's just saying, oh, yes, it can. <laughs> Meta Phil had a little interesting commentary with myself and Vikings Realist. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm going to read a few quotes on the uh, Facebook page first. Got to kind of get that caught up a little bit. But um, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> the frustration level with the fan base here is very evident. Some people, though, are defending Frazier. Others are uh, condemning Frazier. I'm leaning a little more on the con- on the condemn side, but not, like, fire the guy just yet. Even though it's, like... <laughs> this kind of stuff continues. How the heck can you not fire him, quite frankly? Because this is, like, horrendous. The, uh... The misplays are just like, what the hell is going on? Uh, oh, i got to read this. Yes. Adam Ellens. I hope I'm saying your name right. He actually hasn't clicked like yet on the page, so he's not in like the list of people that quote-unquote like Purple Mafia. So, Adam, if you're listening, don't forget to click like in the lower right, uh, in the, on the left-hand side of the page. There's a like button. I'm sure you've seen that. would be great to hear from you. Ha- hasn't posted yet about the game. Yeah. Would be great. Uh, he hasn't been on Facebook in a while is basically what he says. Uh, he says, hey, Joey, been away from Facebook for a while, but I've been listening to the show. I plan on commenting more frequently, so I'll weigh in with my thoughts after the Detroit game this weekend. In the meantime, Bernard Berrien sucks, and then do the smile. <laughs> yeah, I think, yep, he, I think he knows my feelings of Bernard Berrien, being he does listen to the show, so thank you for that, Adam, and welcome to the Purple Mafia. Um, not sure how long you've been listening, but Heck, even if it's been one week, I appreciate you also very much. Very, very much. Great to have you on board, Adam, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Maybe consider even calling in sometime. 209-736-7877. Dan Taylor says, I have a bad feeling about this, as he could kind of sense things were going to go sour even before the game happened. Yep. Anthony Batista says, okay, so this looks like... I think the last two weeks can we finish today? Yeah. And and it's amazing just how well the Vikings look in the first half. I mean you get the feeling this is an eleven and five team in the first half of games. I mean they look like a legit, uh, way above average, potentially dangerous playoff team in the first half of games, and they look like the two thousand ten Vikings with Brett Favre in the second half. Cannot complete a pass. The defense not as good as it was the year before, and blah blah blah. Same crap, different season. Anthony Batista also commenting on Charlie Johnson's imbecilic, lame first, uh, excuse me, false start penalty. He says, really? Like, really, Charlie Johnson? Tony Coleman says, we got a, we've had another great first half. Is there hope for the second? And he goes, parentheses, the answer is nope. And, uh, Yep. <laughs> That's also true. Batista, Anthony Batista, Anthony Romelli says, geez, why give up? Give it to Toby on a fourth and one when you got AP. Someone tell me. I'll get to this in a second. Uh, Coleman responds with three points. Would have been better than none. Either give it to Peterson or let Longwell kick. 
both of those scenarios would have pretty much been a sure thing. Yeah, I mean, I basically said I was weird, frustrating, and everything is quickly becoming a nightmare. Coleman says, did Frazier think the defense would cover AP more than TG? As in Toby Gerhardt. I could see that line of thought, but it obviously didn't work. So yeah, now I'm going to comment on the fourth and one play. This was in the second half. The Vikings were on an actual decent drive around the uh, Detroit 20. Like, the Vikings were actually on a very good drive in the second half. Very similar to last week, actually. The Vikings had a decent drive going that ended up, like, you know, players not being open in that case. But this was a fourth and one, a very pivotal fourth and one. Frazier actually had elected to kick at one point. Vikings would have had uh, 26 points, I believe, at this point. Frazier says, hey, let's go for the throat. Let's go for fourth and one. After Adrian Peterson kind of did a the little wave, like, no, go, go back. You know, kicking team, whatever, go back to the sideline. We're going for it. Peterson basically was trying to, like, uh, will his coach into going for it is basically what Adrian Peterson is trying to do there. And Frazier said, basically said, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. And uh, everybody's thinking, hey, the determined got it out Adrian Peterson here who said, hey, everybody back up. I got it. Well, no, we're going to give it to Toby instead. And he basically went down like <laughs> something. <laughs> he went down. He just he dive-bombed into the ground. And, oh, shoot, he was short by a few inches. And, uh, well... Detroit took over on downs, and the Vikings got absolutely zip in that play. Frazier, uh, thank you for being gutty, but whatever. I, I, I'm going to kind of be neutral on this one. Uh, I'm, You know, you're on the 20. Your team needs a spark. Giving it to Gerhardt, I think that's the worst part. Yes, I think that's the worst part. Even though people are like, okay, we know where it's going, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stop him, does it? It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stop him. It doesn't necessarily mean that the line won't, that they won't uh, miss on where Adrian's actually going in the play. I mean, every running play is a little bit different than each other. You don't go the exact same direction every single time you run the ball. Sometimes you go up the middle, sometimes you go left, sometimes you go right, sometimes you you, you, you even lateral it to someone else. Who, who knows? Who the heck knows? But whatever. Uh, another decision that went sour, regardless, and it helped. It helped cost the Vikings the game. Notice I said helped because it didn't solely cost the Vikings the game, but it was uh, one of the one of the things on the checklist. Bad penalty by Kenny Anatolo absolutely buried this team. Uh, McNabb missing open receivers buried this team. Uh, a big time play by. Matthew Safford to Calvin Johnson uh, absolutely led to that as well. Now, this was at the end of the game when the Vikings were uh, going to lose. <laughs> Tony Coleman says, listen to that crowd boo. I haven't heard the Viking fans booing their own team like this in a while. Okay, now this actually was not overtime, but it was when McNabb like, overthrew another guy and it was time to punt again because the offense just totally stinks. Like, McNabb kind of kind of slumped forward as if to just kind of go, ugh. Like that. He just kind of had this tired, like, I can't believe this look on his face. But, no, nah, McNabb stinks. <laughs> he stinks this year, um, and he stunk last year. It's looking more and more evident that some of them, that, like, whatever magic he had in Philadelphia, it's somewhere else. I, I don't know if it's with him anymore. 
He's still got the mobility. He has a quick release when he wants to, but his style of play not seeming to work right now. The receivers, for the most part, are ineffective, and these overthrow underthrows are just getting ridiculous. And of course, he is missing open players. Yes, he is, as I mentioned in that Chiefs zone show. Vikings again forced to overtime because Jason Hansen, the 40-year-old Jason Hansen, is able to tie the game up after the Vikings uh, were fortunate enough to take a, uh, or actually, no, the, yeah, excuse me, Jason Hansen actually put Detroit up 23-20, to 20. Ryan Longwell was able to tie it up on a uh, 49-yard field goal, that was a big-time kick, a lot of people thought, oh, maybe we have a chance, of course, the Vikings offense couldn't really do anything, and they did get the ball back for a short time, dude, it's just some lame play calling, <laughs> some very lame play calling, they did a lot of lateral plays. They could have gotten in field goal range. So this was a bad play later on. They give the ball to Peterson. They start lateraling it around. The Vikings were getting to around the 35-yard line. They wouldn't run out of bounds, and the clock kept ticking. That made me a little bit frustrated. So then off with the overtime we go. Vikings, of course, oh, of course, lose the toss in Detroit. Basically, moments later, there was a uh, deep pass to Kelvin Johnson, and it was like game game, set, match. You all knew that was coming. Oh, you all knew it was coming, didn't you? Yes, you did. Once Kelvin Johnson caught the ball on the 20, it's over, and the 41-year-old Jason Hansen in his 20th season had to kick a mere 32-yarder and won the game for the Detroit Lions. Hansen also hit a 40- and 50-yarder in this game. Jason Hansen is... That's a player I respect so much because not only does he make his kicks on a consistent basis and he's done it for 20 bleeping years, basically as long as I've been watching football, but what's even more impressive about Jason Hansen, he has been on the Detroit Lions since I've been watching football. He has been the kicker of the Detroit Lions since I've been watching football. That's 1992, taken in the second round, the 28th pick by the Detroit Lions. Jason Hansen is exactly what... (laughs) I am, as a Viking fan, in terms of tenure, he started in 92, I started in 92, and he's been on the Lions the entire time. That's the most impressive part. He has been a Detroit Lion through every single season of, uh, you know, they won the division in 93, they had a couple of playoff teams in the late 90s, but really after that they were completely, I mean completely inept, outside of a halfway decent season in 2007. Certainly not the living up to the expectations of their insane quarterback and coaches and fan base. I mean, they're one of the more obnoxious fan bases out there, but these people were um, expecting that year. But Hanson lived through it all. He is still a member of the Detroit Lions. And with that, I am more than willing to give him <laughs> a, a big hand. I mean, Jason Hanson is amazing. He is amazing. He's one of my favorite kickers, if not favorite kicker in the league. Not only because he makes his kicks, but the fact that he has stuck it out with the Detroit Lions. He is a, he is as loyal as a player could be in the NFL. To just stuck it out with that franchise for as long as he has, he deserves a lot of respect. He really does. Yes, he does. Jason Hansen, amazing run with the Detroit Lions. It should, you know, I think he should be a Hall of Famer. He has just been, he's been so good for so long. So now here we go. 
We're going to continue with the uh, quotes and such. Going to go back to the Twitter account for now. Okay, well, actually, first I'll finish up here. Uh, Tony Coleman says he hates overtime, and then damn it. <laughs> that was when the Vikings lost very quickly. Simply, my comment is OT is weak. I'll get back to uh, some of the interesting stuff on the Facebook page in a second. We'll finish with the Twitter. Meta Phil and Vikings uh, Realist basically arguing back and forth about who's to blame for these horrible uh, collapses in the second half. He says basically, like, is this, uh, Meta Phil basically says, is this Frazier? I think it's a shitty secondary. Okay, I just said the S word, but, well, he said it, but I read it. Uh, battle line and poor play caller. Uh, I say yes, it's all the above, but you're going to have to throw Frazier in. You have to. You have to do it. Sorry, but you have to do it. Um, but no. I think it's all the above. I mean, I don't say it in a mean way, I just think it's all the above. Like, he's really making the comeback saying Frazier obviously has to make second half adjustments. The uh, correlation is obvious, dude. Uh, now, the second-half adjustment stuff, yes, teams make second-half adjustments. The thing is, yes, the Detroit Lions made their adjustments, and the Vikings did not, uh, the Vikings players and coaches did not seem to uh, neutralize those adjustments. Now, it's not about the Vikings making second-half adjustments. It's about the Vikings neutralizing Detroit's adjustments. That's the key. You have to learn to neutralize it, and the Vikings have not been able to do that to any of their teams, thus their opponents thus far. That's basically my take on the tub subject. Um, Metafield comes back with, says, but the issue is a change of tactics from opponents. More blitzes and more passing, they can't handle it. That's true. <laughs> Phil again says, oh, oh, all the Galdern penalties, that ain't halftime adjustments. <laughs> Realist, Vikings Realist comes back with poor disciplined team is on the coach, man. Seriously, it is. See, that I agree with. A poor disciplined team is on the coach. Yes, it is. The Minnesota Timberwolves had, were a poor disciplined basketball team, and that has to do with Karabas. Yes, it did. It's not everything. Sometimes the player's just a moron, but I think you could get the moron player to kind of, like, make better decisions once in a while. It'd be nice. Or bench the SOB. Yeah, you just might want to do that. Okay, uh, Metafield, boy, this is kind of a lot of conversation, but Metafield says, problem? You're building on a new coach with a mediocre to bad team three games in. Come on. And, um, well, we know they're not going to fire him, and I'm not bailing, nor is, I'm sure Realist isn't necessarily bailing, but I think it's more than okay to criticize a coach for bad coaching. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, it's more than okay to criticize a coach for bad coaching. And that's exactly what the what we have seen three weeks in a row. You had what looked like good coaching in the first half of games, and you've had horrendous coaching in the second half of games. For the fact that that can that the same thing can happen three games in a row is weird. It's weird. It's like, are they betting against the Vikings or something? Are the coaches betting and the players all betting against the team? Okay, no, they're not. That's just. But it's it's like almost like somebody's playing a video game, like, and they're betting against the Vikings somehow and getting winning in the point spreads or something. I have no idea. It's just weird. Realist, Vikings realist comes back with these have been more and more monumental second half collapses, inexcusable at the NFL level. Farzine Vesugian says, just to FYI buddy, you're facing Castle next week so you don't have to worry about a tale of two halves next week. Ha ha. 
Um, maybe we do, Farzine, because the Chiefs look awfully good in the second half against the San Diego Chargers. Oh, yeah, the Chargers. Remember that team? Yeah, the San Diego Super Chargers, as Dylan likes to call them. Well, no, that's just a song. But, um, a team that looks awfully good in the second half against the same team that we look bad in the second half against. Um, yeah, I'll tell you later about how I feel about next week's game. Uh huh. You'll, I'll get to it very shortly, and it probably won't be too long, just because, just, what is there to say, right? Metaphil says, oh, I think the surprise is that we play well in the first half, not the other way around. He says, Cook, and I basically said, Cook has been amazing today. I can't lie. He says, surprisingly good silver lining. That's Metaphil, and it's like, yeah, it's a little bit of a silver lining. Phil says he's trying to stay positive. <laughs> The culture says, I'm not sure what he said. Oh, he says, yeah, but we could have had a field goal. I'm sure we could have. Yeah, yeah, we could have at one point. Yeah, I remember what it was. Um, several times the Vikings could have had a field goal along the way. And they, oh, that was the fourth and one play. I also mentioned at the time that the opponents were at 61-3. to uh, That's going to be an ongoing bit for me during the season until something changes, but yeah, I'm going to keep that going. Every time the opponents score, second half update. <laughs> Every time the opponents score in the second half. Championship Ban says, Championship Banner, I guess is what it's called. Uh, he says, Percy Harvin is the Joe Maurer of the Vikes. You know, yeah, maybe. Injured and injured and or sick all the time. Purple Mafia, uh, excuse me, Dylan Richardson says that, what is that annoying noise on the broadcast? And yes, there have been uh, weird sounds along the way. For this team, there have been some really weird sound effects on the uh, the broadcast the past couple of weeks, and I have no idea. It's weird. Um, Taylor says, "What the bleep is wrong with this team?" Uh, I was flipping out about the <laughs> Vikings laddering the ball around and letting the talk run out, and Vikings realist was basically saying there's too little time left, and I said, well, there was about, they could have had at least six to kick a field goal from the 35. That would have been kind of nice. He says he has to go look. <laughs> Interesting times here. Bud Sharp says he's going to blame the coaching. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Matthew Deary seems to be a new member here of things. I actually joined yesterday, so I'll read a bit what he has to say. I'm basically saying that I think putting Ponder in wouldn't be the worst idea. He says, I agree that Ponder, with Ponder, will rely on AP and not give McNabb chances to throw the ball. He also says he likes the site, so I appreciate that, Matthew. He says he'll check out the show and all that. So, yeah, do check it out. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I hope he's listening. We'll see. Nice to meet you, Matthew Deary. Great to have you on board, if indeed you are listening. Thank you for that. Facebook group. I think I'm reading a little. Yeah, there was so much here. Pepe shouldn't have read everything. It might be driving you listeners crazy. <laughs> and I do apologize for that. Farzine says, what a crappy performance. Just a terrible offensive team. Dan Taylor responding with the whole team is terrible and offensive. I can't read what Dan Taylor said below, but he basically says it's unbleeping believable. What's wrong with these stupid bastards? <laughs> I can say that. I have never seen anything so stupid. Three second half collapses. Are you kidding me? And, um, a very passionate <laughs> young man, Dan Taylor from the from the <laughs> from the UK, and uh, I love your passion, Dan. You know, I've said that every show, and I'm gonna always love your passion. It's fantastic. He says, "Sorry, Joey. I know you can't repeat 
any of that on air, but Jiminy Christmas, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, yeah, what is going on? What is going on? Tony Coleman said, bet you won't read it on air, Joey. Well, I read it just now with the uh, certain words. I already read what uh, Batista and Taylor said there. Here's another part where Taylor says, there's an interesting quote here. He says, what kills me most is the way we are losing. I'll be honest, I went into this season with no expectations and thought six wins would be good and eight would be a major achievement. So to see us take lead in each game and then throw it away just hurts, just hurts more for having gotten my hopes up. I'd rather see us blown out 42-0 to zero every week and never have us be in the game than watch us squander great situations. I really worry about what this all means for the future of the Vikings in Minnesota. It's an interesting thought. I mean, yeah, I mean, I had to read that whole thing. I mean, it's a, you know, hmm. Uh, the part about getting blown out, how could I, you know, it's basically we are getting blown out because you look at the second half score, 67 to 6, so technically we're getting blown out, right, Dan? <laughs> technically we are getting blown out. We're getting absolutely obliterated. It's just the gosh darn first halves are so gosh darn good that we actually believe in this team going into the second half, oh, but then the second half is, well, it's like the, was it, what, what year was it, 2008 Lions versus the 2007 Patriots. There you go, that about makes sense. Um, okay, Taylor, one more comment, he says, Percy spent a big chunk of the second half throwing up and a bit on the sidelines. Is there a more perfect metaphor for this season? No. <laughs> well, yeah, in the second half, yes, so that's perfect. Yes, that is really perfect. Great job, Dan. The fact that he was throwing up in the second half and a bin on the side and a bin on the sidelines, yeah. No, there's no better metaphor. <laughs> so thanks guys. Thank you all of you for your uh participation. Those of you out there that might be thinking it might be tired of me reading so much, I apologize, but uh it's fun and I enjoy the involvement of the fan base. If it gets to be too many, I won't read everything, but I'll do the best I can to read the really cool stuff, the intense stuff that you guys do add to the show. Thank you always, Dan Taylor, all you guys, Anthony Batiste, you guys, Tony Coleman, oh, I mean, I could mention all you, I should mention all you, but can't mention every single person. Thank you always for listening, though, and being a part of things. Sebastian Balls, where are you, buddy? You post some great things on there, and I'm, you've been missing lately. So, I hope all is good out there. hope you're alright, and hope I didn't scare you away somehow. <laughs> Probably not, but who knows? Who knows? Where are you, Nick Borbum? There you go. Yeah, Nick, where are you? Hmm. Made him post last week, but nothing this week. Where are you? Anyhow, enough of that. Uh, I'll be right back. We're going to preview next week's Chiefs game. Episode number 
96 of Purple Mafia, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players. Shucks, even your phone is an MP3 player, but yeah, Microsoft Zune and other things out there. Thank you again for listening, and thank you for being a part of things. And those of you sitting in front of the computer that might not like sitting in front of the computer, well, yeah, you don't necessarily have to sit in front of the computer. You can always download it off the website and uh, put it on your on an MP3 player that could be as cheap as 11 bucks, folks. You don't have to buy a $200 iPod to listen to the show on the go. Ooh, I rhymed. You don't have to, no. Um, and the downloads obviously do help the site. It doesn't cost you a dime. But if, yeah, if you do have an iPod, iTunes works pretty easily. Um, and, yeah, I have an iPod. Okay, of course I do. I've had it for three years. Um, but I better have it. I'm the host of the show, right? Dang it. No, okay, never mind. All right, let's get to actually some more Viking talk. Um, yeah, the Vikings play the Chiefs next week. Oh, yeah, this one's going to be a win. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be a win, folks. Yep, Vikings go into Arrowhead Stadium and win, just like, they've, just like they never do, right? Why would the Vikings win in Arrowhead next week? Because the Chiefs suck? Well, so far this year, they've been pretty pitiful. They got obliterated by the Buffalo Bills. They got uh, been obliterated by the same Detroit Lions club. That barely beat the Vikings last week. Barely beat the Vikings this last week. In fact, probably should not have beaten the Vikings. In fact, absolutely should not have beaten the Vikings. But, hey, Kansas City made a strong comeback against the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Superchargers only lost by 10. Though, hey... You know, I guess you could kind of say that's a little bit overrated, though. Hey, there was plenty of time left on the clock when Matt Castle hit Leonard Pope for a touchdown. Turned a 20-10 to 10 score into 20-17. But as far as the Chiefs could do, not much after that. Yeah, Matt Castle is not that good of a quarterback. We know that. Clearly, Ryan Matthews was able to get through the Kansas City line enough to be a huge factor. In fact, if you had him on your fantasy team, he helped you an awful lot. 21 rushes, 98 yards, and two, that's right, two touchdowns for Ryan Matthews. So, uh, that's, here's the thing. You look at these numbers right here. Okay, Phillip Rivers had 266 yards, but he had to throw the ball 38 times to get there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> His completion percentage was decent, 63%, but he had two interceptions, no touchdowns, quarterback rating of 62. Um, you see Ryan Matthews able to get through, and Philip Rivers, who lit the Vikings up pretty pretty badly. Uh, you see him struggle as badly against the Chiefs as he did. I know the Chiefs know the Chargers more than the Vikings know the Chargers or the Chiefs, but hey, still, that's uh, clearly the uh, the pass defense in Kansas City better than the run defense. So, what do you think the Vikings need to do if they're going to have any chance? If they're going to have a chance to possibly light up these Kansas City Chiefs next week, you give the ball to Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah, you do. That's exactly what the Vikings are going to have to do. Uh, not only because Adrian Peterson is the best uh, running back in football, Donovan McNabb right now, I hate to say this, is because I love Donovan McNabb. I loved him as a Philadelphia Eagle. I hate the Redskins, but he was a member there, and I thought, well, maybe they'll get better. No, they didn't. It was the opposite. He got benched for Rex Bleepin' Grossman. And, uh, again, that's a, that's a tell. Why did McNabb get benched for Rex Grossman? Is it because Mike Shanahan is an arrogant bastard? Or an idiot? Well, we're, uh, he, or was he right? Um, well, he may be 
it might be all the above. <laughs> it probably is going to be all the above in that category. Uh, McNabb, to me, appears very, very close to being done. Uh, physically, being able to run the ball, he looks like he's got several years left of playing. Like he said, five years left. But his vision as a quarterback looks like he's done. Um, for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to have it anymore, from my point of view. Can that change? Yes, it can. McNabb has had horrible starts to seasons in the past. And like just like the stock market, some, some of the great starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, their stats are all relative. They start really poorly, but they find a way to get right back to where they were statistically in previous years by having a dominant uh, next several games. Do I see that from McDonough and McNabb in 2011? No. <laughs> no, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so with that, yeah, let's give the ball to Adrian Peterson if you're going to go in and defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in Airhead Stadium. Uh, that's the plain and simple approach here. Matt Castle is a guy you can easily frustrate. He is, uh, well, he was uh, so he was only sacked once by the, Can- by the San Diego Chargers last week. The Chiefs' offensive line is kind of in flux. Sometimes they play good, sometimes they don't show up. We're going to have to hope that Jared Allen can get to uh, Matt Castle. This is a chance to him finally returning to Arrowhead Stadium, finally play against his old team. Jared Allen did have three sacks yesterday. Uh, he was phenomenal. Brian Robinson has also been amazing this year. He's got two. He had two sacks yesterday. He's got four for the year. Jared Allen officially has five for the year. <coughs> Farzine asked me on the show yesterday again. You can check it out to Chiefs Zone. Uh, do I believe Jared Allen will be a he will be a factor in the Kansas City game? Absolutely, I do believe Jared Allen will be a factor. Uh, last year, I would have said no because Jared Allen is so streaky. You figure he has a big time game. One week, the, the, the valley's coming the next year. you got the peak and then the valley, right? Well, here comes the valley. That means Jared Allen's going to disappear. But so far this season, Jared Allen has consistently been a menace. Uh, he's been listening to somebody out there, and he's been playing some damn good football for the most part when he's not making dumb penalties. Jared Allen has been great, along with Brian Robinson, has been great uh, when he's not making dumb penalties. With that said, I do believe both Brian Robinson... Robinson, not Robinson. Brian Robinson and Jared Allen will be a huge problem for Matt Castle, which will frustrate Matt Castle. He will have a mediocre game at best. <laughs> but with that said, <laughs> I'm having an impossible time, impossible time, picking the Vikings winning in Airhead Stadium because they never win there. They never win in Airhead Stadium. Um, and the ultimate reason why... I can't pick the Vikings to win this football game is because they have shown me absolutely zero reason to believe that they can finish a football game. Now, I think the Vikings could score anywhere from 25 to 24 to 31 points in this game, even on the road. But then again, I'm out of my mind saying that because the offense always falls asleep after a good first half. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen again. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid is going to happen again. The Chiefs only were able to get one sack yesterday. Uh, excuse me, they did get two sacks yesterday. Excuse me. Chargers only got one sack. The Chiefs got two. I do think the Vikings, uh, I do think Allen will get at least one sack in this game. And I think Robinson will, at minimum, pester Matt Castle, maybe get a sack as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some turnovers in this football game. I think there will be four turnovers in this game. Two apiece by each, two apiece, of course, by the Vikings and Chiefs. Yeah, I believe there will be four turnovers in this game. 
I hate to say it, but <laughs> why why shouldn't I say it? Matt Castle is going to be more flustered. Is going to be flustered against this Viking team because of, because of D line, and um, the Vikings or the Chiefs forced turnovers on Philip Rivers. Why should I not believe they can do that against an inaccurate Donovan McNabb or a potentially fumble and bumble Adrian Peterson or Toby Gerhardt or McNabb? Maybe McNabb will fumble. Who knows? Um, but hey. This is not me coming on here and being negative on my own football team, but they have shown zero ability to finish a game. So I have to pick the Kansas City Chiefs 24-21. to but Yes, the Chiefs stink this year, but they almost beat the Chargers, and they played great in the second half. If the Chiefs play great in the second half this coming week, the Vikings will lose the football game. And right now, why should I not believe that's going to happen? Hmm? Somebody give me a reason why I should say that's not going to happen. Well, because the Chiefs aren't as good as the Chargers, the Bucks, or the Lions. No, they're not. But it's an Arrowhead Stadium. You put that in there, too. The Vikings never win an Arrowhead Stadium. That's a huge problem, and it's been a huge problem for all time, unfortunately. So with that said, once again, Chiefs defeat the Vikings 24-21. to I believe they will force costly turnovers down the stretch. I think the Vikings will get flustered and make dumb penalties again and not win the football game, and they will start the season 0-4. And we'll be in the suck for luck sweepstakes, just like other teams like the Dolphins and the well, and the Chiefs are right now in it. Um, but they but they won't be uh, after the game, at least temporarily. They won't be. They'll get their they'll get their one out of three wins. <laughs> the Chiefs will, just because I. Just, why should I believe the Vikings are going to win in Kansas City? You know, even when the Chiefs were horrendous with a immobile quarterback, the Vikings still lost the football game. Oh, but Sherry Helm was on the other side last time. So what? <laughs> so freaking what? I just I can't see the Vikings winning the game only because they can't finish football games. And I refuse to pick a team like that to win a football game until they win a football game. They show they've changed. They've given me no reason to believe that yet. Sorry. And I will not believe it. So with that, we are going to conclude the show. Thank you always for listening to Purple Mafia. Please do join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. There's a button in the center of the front page of the website that says TSS Sports. Simply click on that, then click register, create your screen name, interact with members in divisions, split up in divisions. The forums split up in all the divisions in the NFL. Makes things very interesting. The new look of the website is fantastic. I hope you enjoy the sleek, shiny new look Dylan Richardson was able to put on the front page of the website. It looks great. It makes our shows look shinier, and we appreciate that oh so much from executive producer and creator of the sportsstuff.com, Dylan Richardson. Thank you always, buddy. Um, and boy, is it going to be nice to hear his voice on this show next week. Episode 97, Dylan Richardson debuts on Pearl Mafia. Farzine Vesugian debuts on Pearl Mafia. And Spencer Ellibrush debuts on Pearl Mafia. Oh my, is that going to be something else? Mm-mm-mm. And <laughs> I, my goodness, that's going to be cool. Yes, it is. So also, don't forget to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Do the voicemail, do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, Purple Mafia, and make your comment, shout-out, quote, whatever. It'd be great to hear from you. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Follow, like, whatever, you know. Welcome to the social network and all that good stuff for Pro Mafia. 
that would be great to have you on there. <laughs> Don't be afraid to add me and or message me on Facebook. I'm Joey Awajan. You can see how to spell my name on the podcast, on the page, wherever. If you're listening to this show, you probably can see it on the webpage or on, on iTunes. You can see how to spell my name. Look me up on there or you'll see me on the pages. Um, be great to hear from you. All right. <laughs> With that, we're going to conclude this week. And uh, the Suck for Luck sweepstakes is, is uh, in full circle, despite the fact we're pondering the future at quarterback. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.